Hi guys, I'm Matt Harris, host of the HMO Experience Property Podcast. And in this episode of the podcast, my co-host Steve Mitchell has a chat with Rick Cuisimano as part of our Experienced Investor Series. Now, Rick is based in Derby and has a chat about his property investing journey, which started as a managing director of an IT software business before going into full-time property investing through a divine twist of fate. Rick shares how the birth of his first daughter was a turning point for him and his wife to reevaluate their lives and take a gamble on property investing, which has massively paid off. Rick now provides turnkey solutions for property investors looking for buy-to-let, HMO, and flat development opportunities. So if you are looking for some guidance, some uh, knowledge, some advice, uh, about how to start uh, your own HMO property investing or general property investing journey, this is definitely the episode to, for you. Also, don't forget to head over to the HMO Experience Property Podcast Facebook page. Make sure you click that like button. Head over to the HMO Experience Property Podcast YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button and get the bell notifications. And if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to right now so that you get weekly notifications when new episodes drop. That's all from me. Let's head into the episode. Everyone, welcome to another edition of the HTML Experience podcast. Uh, my name is Steve Mitchell. Um, now, a little bit of an unusual uh, scenario at the moment. Um, unfortunately, I've been keeping Rick waiting a little bit because I've been stuck in traffic. So I'm in uh, the mobile office uh, at the moment. So hopefully uh, that's all okay. Apologies if there's any uh, issues on sound recording or uh, video quality. But um, as you know, we sort of uh, walk the walk and talk the talk uh, in in that sense. So um, we're coming to you live and direct. So I want to introduce uh, to you, for those of you who don't know, uh, Rick Cusimano. Uh, Rick is an amazing guy, along with his uh, lovely wife, Sophie, who I met uh, initially at uh, Pro- Progressive Property uh, on the VIP mentoring. And I've been watching Rick's uh, progress with real interest because Rick is the kind of guy that uh, wants to get into the detail, the nuts, the bolts, and the process. And uh, I'm a bit like that too. So I think there's a, a lot of uh, sort of similarity there. The, the thing that Rick does though, which I'm really uh, impressed with, is that he can actually go beyond the detail and actually go and do stuff. And he's going to share some of his projects with us uh, a little bit later. But um, first of all, I want to in, uh, welcome you, Rick. So first of all, thank you very much for having some time. Say hi to everybody. Thank you very much for uh, inviting me on, Steve. That's a very kind introduction and uh, I'm surely not worthy of it, but thank you for uh, having me on the podcast. Oh, you're worthy every penny and more. Absolutely. So, Rick, tell us a little bit uh, about your backstory. Um, what what was it you were doing in sort of corporate life? Are you still in corporate life? Um, and, and what was that sort of pivotal moment to, to think, actually, uh, maybe corporate life isn't right for me and I need to find a different way? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Steve. Well, my, I mean, I've, my background's always been in IT. Um, as long as early as I can remember, I've been fascinated by computers and uh, what they can do, what you can do with them, what you can make them do. And um, I really, I'd say um, at heart, I have a bit of an engineering mind. 
Um, and the best form of expression for that I found growing up was probably IT. So uh, I found myself working for a, um, a software business in Sheffield and then sort of um, climbed the ranks there and, and found myself uh, as a director and then eventually a manager, managing director of that company. And I loved it, to be fair. And uh, obviously, the role changed very much during my time there, um, I guess, to more of a managerial sales-based role. I guess that's how these things um, work, you know, in many different industries. Um, but I loved it. And I've never been shy of, um, you know, getting stuck in and rolling my sleeves up. I think the um, the real sort of turning point for me, uh, I think, came to sort of dive into the... Um, the meat of it came when I realized, um, you know, we, we, we had our first daughter, uh, Evie and, um, you know, at the time we had a really big project coming up and, um, you know, to give all credit to the project, it needed a certain amount of commitment and a certain amount of work. And, um, and it didn't sit right with me that, uh, you know, the compromises I was making at home and with my daughter for the sake of um, a business and a project which uh, I didn't own and and wasn't really me. So I think that's the core reason why we decided to make the change when we did. Um, And Sophie uh, was herself in in corporate, and I guess uh, that was mostly driven by, um, you know, maternity leave. So, you know, going off on maternity leave and having... Um, our daughter and then kind of realizing on maternity leave there's more to life than working. Um, yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. And, um, and so that's the real, um, that's the real crux of it. And I think, um, for everybody, there's, there's going to be times in their lives when they have to reevaluate, sometimes reevaluate when they're on holiday and they have a bit of breathing space. Sometimes you have to reevaluate because there's some big life changing time or you know somebody or or, you know you get married or whatever um and uh and certainly have you know starting a family is one of those times um and i think um you know there's a million and one different ways you can lead your life there's different things you can do and obviously different opportunities present themselves for everybody in different ways and at the end of the day you've got to you know, take your pick as to what you think is going to be the best thing for you and your family, you know, in the short, short to medium term. So um, we made a, a massive change in what we were doing about three years ago. And to be fair, I wouldn't look back. So uh, I'm really pleased with what we did. We took a bit of a gamble, um, but uh, I think it's paying off all. Cool. Uh, how did you find... Sort of being a, a managing director, senior leadership of a of a company, uh, coming out of that environment where I guess you've got lots of support around you. Uh, computer goes wrong, ring a guy or a girl, problem fix, uh, and then sort of coming transitioning out of that environment uh, to setting up your your own business. What? How did you sort of find that whole process? That's a very good question, Steve, and I, I think I'm going to um, give you an answer that you're not going to you're not going to want to hear. Um, but I think the reality is I've always been the problem solver in uh, in the business I was in, and I was always the go-to person to solve issues, find a solution. So in that sense, that hasn't been a struggle for us at all. 
in terms of the new business, we've had a million and one other struggles. Um, but in terms of, you know, how to, um, find a system or implement a system or, you know, find a solution for a certain problem, that's always been my strength. So, um, that's, that, that wasn't really the, the challenge for me. I think the biggest challenge for me, aside from the fact that you need to, um, you need to earn your way in business and there's no one paying your salary. I think that's the big challenge. Um, but you know, once we get beyond that, it's, um, it can be a lonely place, property or, or self-employment in, uh, in whatever guise you take because you don't have a big team around you to support you to bounce ideas off. So you, um, you know, you end up, um, you know, becoming very good friends with clients and, and obviously, um, networking within, uh, circles. So obviously we spent a lot of time down at Progressive and with yourself and, uh, Jamie and with, um, with others that we've met there. And then that becomes a social network. Um, so that's been fantastic. And we've got so much inspiration from, uh, from that circle and, and some of our clients as well and some of the projects that they've been involved with and, and, uh, you know, in, in the sense of our, uh, you know, one of the businesses we set up was a deal packaging business. So packaging investments for clients. And, um, quite often we end up working with people who had a lot more experience with us than us. So, uh, ended up sort of, you know, giving us a steer as to what they were looking for and, and putting us on the right track. And that's helped, you know, um, progress us on our journey as well. So, um, there's been lots of upsides to what we've been doing. So. I'm, I'm pleased with that. Brilliant. So uh, I'm going to ask you um, the, the next question, which um, uh, I, I'd be interested to see uh, what your response is, because uh, I know that um, when we, we talk about sort of starting businesses, um, that uh, having a business partner is uh, a kind of a good thing, particularly if you're uh, if they've got some skills or um, or traits a little bit different to yours. Now, I, I think I'm right in saying that your wife is your business partner, right? That's right. Yeah. So, so how did that dynamic work, uh, coming from, again, your different sort of businesses and then, then coming together and work together? And bear in mind, she might sort of watch this episode a little bit later. <laughs> um, how did you find, um, just purely on the um, working with with Sophie on a business level, and and is it was it easy to sort of differentiate the whole the, the family element from the business, or was it kind of all sort of mixed up? Right. Okay. Well, I uh, it, I guess for us that that kind of working relationship was a natural progression. The reason I say that was we had a couple of investment properties already. So we, uh, we got our first investment property about six years ago when we moved house and we kept our first home. And then we made a conscious effort to save up and buy the second. And for us, those two properties ended up being the way that we could subsidize our family income when Sophie went on maternity leave. So, um, Sophie kind of naturally fell into a management or a landlord kind of role where Sophie would um, liaise with the tenants and organize bits and bobs of maintenance that needed to be doing, uh, happening there, and found, um, you know, she quite enjoyed it, and she um, uh, she had quite a good knack for it. And I guess that kind of led to the question of, um, I, guess, I guess the 
two sides to it. Firstly, with strategy in terms of what kind of business businesses do we want to generate or create? And uh, one, you know, I thought it was very a, a very good idea to try and build a lettings business because of the recurring, you know, long-term revenue that generates um, as one side of the business. And then another business, which is more short-term cash flow. Um, so it kind of made sense for Sophie to um, focus more on growing the lettings side and for me to go and um, develop the, the sort of investment side. Um, so that was kind of the, the idea. At that time, we didn't really know what our, what our strengths were. I think we had a bit of a funny time uh, initially, you know, going through like the disc profile and that kind of thing because we, um, you know, we only knew about each other in terms of personality and, and you know, as being a wife or husband, but not in a working sense because we'd never worked together before. And uh, and when we went through that process, we realized we're very opposite people in terms of our thought processes and skill set. Um, so that was fascinating. And I think, um, uh, you know, we, we, you know, that, that still comes to the foreground now. And, you know, we help each other in, um, in all the businesses, you know, to try and add our strengths where, where they fit. So that's a great, um, place to be. I think, um, it's a great scenario to be able to have a, um, you know, business partnership. That's also a, um, a relationship. <coughs> Excuse me. And I think, um, you know, it has its challenges as well. Like you said, it's, uh, it's difficult to compartmentalize that sometimes with family life. And I think that's something we're still working through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important, you know, just to give a bit of advice to anyone else at that early stage and trying to, you know, work out what to do with that. You know, some things we put into place that are helpful is trying to set boundaries whether it's boundaries, you know, at the end of the day to say, look at 5.30, let's, uh, you know, let's cook dinner and let's have dinner together. Or whether it's at the weekend, we need to spend, you know, some family time and not, you know, let work get in the way. And I think that's really important. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's also very important when you start in a business to realize it takes hard graft to start a business. And it's a very careful balance to try and ensure you're giving the business everything that it needs and making sure you set appropriate boundaries at home so that you can, you know, still enjoy, um, you know, a bit of um, personal time at home as well. So, yeah, that's a, a difficult balance to strike. And that's some some good tips and some good advice that you give there, Rick. And I, I know that you and Sophie work, work really well together and, and I'm, uh, so in awe of, of how you've made that happen. But let's now sort of talk about the business. Um, and you mentioned that Sophie sort of looks after the letting side and, and you were uh, starting to build the uh, the deal packaging side. Talk me through um, how that happened. What were some of the challenges? Uh, how did you overcome those challenges? And maybe talk about um, some of the uh, properties that you were packaging on um, at the beginning, and and what are you doing now? Sure. So, um, so the main challenge we had with uh, with our businesses, and I think 
most businesses would have a similar challenge is um, trying to scale it fast enough to turn a profit quickly, uh, particularly if it's trying to replace two incomes. And, um, and my income was fairly generous trying to replace those. You know, we, we hoped we would do it all within sort of six months. And, you know, in reality, it took quite a bit longer than that. But, um, but, you know, um, that kind of worked out fine for us in the end. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit, um, tricky in the, in the beginning, just making sure we were ultimately creating enough revenue to keep things ticking by. Um, but, uh, but it, it's worked out and it's had its challenges. And some of those challenges are, I guess, um, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm quite an optimistic person. And uh, one of the challenges with optimistic people is we hope everything's going to go right. And uh, one of the things that doesn't allow you to do is realize that, for instance, some deals are not going to come through and some vendors are going to pull out and some buyers are going to pull out. And, um, you know, that's, I'm always a, a cup half full person. And, uh, you know, that just doesn't compute with me. So, um, you know, that's a bit frustrating because you, you think you ought to hit certain milestones sooner and then things like that come up and set you back. But I think the reality is, you know, um, there are always going to be challenges with, with anything that you, you set up. And, uh, you know, the thing that sets successful people apart from everybody else is the commitment to see those through to whatever end and make them a success, whatever challenges might come up. And what were the type of properties that you were uh, packaging on at the at the beginning, um, and 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 how did that morph? Because I know you're doing some some uh, some good stuff at the moment. So, but let's talk about the beginning because I guess there's lots of people out there um, who uh, want to get into uh, a property business. Uh, a lot of people I know for a fact look at packaging as a strategy or or a business model. Um, so what type, what type of things we do? And, and perhaps we should also mention where you are in the country as well. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> so we're based in Chesterfield, which is near Sheffield. And, um, uh, and that, you know, we've always worked in Sheffield, so we know Sheffield very, very well. And from an investment side, we started looking at Chesterfield more for the opportunities that we found there. And in terms of what we were packaging, really, we started, um, talking to people about what we were doing ourselves. So we just bought another um, little uh, two-bed terrace house as an investment for us, and we converted it to a three-bed. And, um, you know, for us, it was a step up in terms of what we were doing. And then when we um, we talked to others about that, you know, we found there was uh, a lot of interest in doing that kind of thing. And the price points where we were looking kind of worked uh, on a yield basis as well. Uh, so yeah, basically we started, um, dealing with buy to lets because that was a strategy we understood very well. But at the same time, we started playing around with, um, with HMOs as well. So we started getting to understand the HMO model and, um, and how that worked and the mechanics of it. And it's very, very different to a buy to let. Um, but once you've got your head around it and you've worked out all the, Fire regs and all the um, you know subtleties of of uh, what um, what the the tenants and occupants in those houses do and need, then uh, you know that became another uh, a, another thing that we started looking at. So then we started looking at HMOs as well, 
and uh, we uh, we we developed three HMOs in a fairly short period of time. Fantastic! And when you start to talk about how HMOs were were, were a little bit different, um, what were um, what were your clients sort of asking for? Were they looking for sort of um, uh, improved income, uh, perhaps over buy-to-lets, or were they looking for, is, is Chesterfield an area where you get some natural capital growth as well? <clears throat> yeah, well, I think the capital, gro- the capital growth comes um, within an area, wh- whatever asset you buy there, obviously relative to the value of that asset, or if you get 5% growth in an area, then um, different properties will appreciate based on that. I think the important things to note are, um, uh, in terms of a growth point of view, capital uh, HMOs tend to need to be more central, near amenities and near restaurants and cinemas, and where people need to, you know, find it best to live and more convenient. Um, so, by by a natural kind of um, element or outcome of, of where they are, those areas also tend to be the best for capital growth because mm. the growth tends to come from the center of a, a town or city and, and sort of radiate out. Um, but yeah, I mean, generally, um, you know, the, 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 big, the big benefit of HMOs is um, the cash flow that they can generate. They can generate quite a, a significant rent roll compared to a buy-to-let. And also the speed at which that can arrive. So, for instance, if one HMO um, gave the same cash flow of five buy to lets, um, you know, you can achieve that in one property, uh, which um, you know it's it's one property, it's one um, you know one development, it's one mortgage, it's one um, lot of uh, insurance, one lot of maintenance, if you like. Mm. So it's a much quicker way of getting somebody to a certain cash flow um, requirement they might have. But, um, but yeah, it's not, they're not quite as accessible as buy-to-lets. Yeah. In, in terms of your deal packaging business, um, did you start out with the thought that you needed to offer sort of a, a, a turnkey solution? So finding it and doing the refurbishment and then sort of doing the lettings? Or, or did that sort of just grow... Uh, organically as you started to go through the project? Um, it was always in there from day one, to be honest. Um, I, uh, I think in the early days, we um, spoke to a lot of local investors who were still looking for a sort of hands-free um, option. And then in time, we've met some uh, local investors or some not-so-local investors happy to kind of um, take a more active role in maybe, um, you know, uh, refurbishing the property themselves or managing the property themselves. But by and large, um, most of our clients are looking for a uh, hands-free solution we've found. So um, it kind of naturally um, naturally fit in. It was a, it was a nice do- dovetail with, um, with the services that we were planning to offer anyway. Um, and so, yeah, it kind of, um, you know, went hand in hand very well. Cool. And what I love about your uh, business is that you've got what I would call uh, fast money, medium money, and slow money. So you've got, you've got the lettings uh, income, which is sort of coming on a recurring basis every month, which is kind of uh, fast money. You've got your um, 
deal packaging business, which is being, bringing in chunks of revenue on a periodic basis. Um, and then from the investments that you've got, you've got your capital growth, which is kind of the slow money, but, but big chunks uh, over a period of time. So the way that you've structured your business, I think, makes um, a, a lot of sense. Now, talking about some of the bigger stuff, I know for a fact that you didn't just stop at HMOs, did you? <laughs> no, we're, we're starting to look at slightly bigger um, projects now as well. So I think, um, I mean, for me, I've always been fascinated at, um, at ways to add value to buildings and to property. And uh, I think there are, particularly in our area, a, a large number of vacant buildings or unoccupied buildings or buildings that are falling into disrepair. And, um, you know, and they're not necessarily just, um, houses. So we started looking at, um, at flat conversions. To be fair, we started looking at flat conversions, um, a couple of years ago. And, um, we didn't quite get our numbers right. Thankfully, we didn't, um, complete on anything, but we, uh, we had an offer accepted and we started going through due diligence and getting, um, quotes round and builders round and, we realized we hadn't quite um, worked out. We hadn't quite accounted for what we were, were getting into. Um, but that's okay. We managed to walk away from, from that deal. And from that point on, we sort of realized maybe we need to get a little bit more experience under our belt before we go for something like that again. Um, and uh, and that, I hope that's what we've done. So now we're, um, we're looking at um, uh, two um, flat conversion projects. Which uh, we're uh, we're working on now, and uh, a new build flat project. So, yeah, and, um, I, 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 we've talked about those projects, and I think those are those are, are, are fantastic opportunities. And and have you have you done that with investor money, or is that all from your own resources? Uh, so we've got um, so one is going to be a source project. So we're doing it with a client, and it's going to be their project. Uh, one we're doing, well, the two others we're doing as JVs, uh, in slightly different structures, but, um, but yeah, not, um, I, I, one is a little bit of our money to uh, mm. cover sort of architects and, uh, and legals and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's a different mix. And as you, as you talk about the, the fast money and the slow money, those we know are kind of, going to be slow money projects because they're going to take a while to do but coupled with the other elements that we're involved with um it gives you time to start looking at those kind of projects and mm. i must admit they are very exciting um very um uh kind of like i suppose trophy projects because it's it's one big project that um you know, once it's done, it's going to be something that you're going to be very, very proud of and it will stay with you forever. Um, yeah. But yeah, some of those projects we're, uh, we're really excited to be, uh, to be involved with. Cool. And are you still doing sort of smaller deal packaging or, or is, is, do you see uh, the future of your business in sort of uh, these larger um, uh, projects? Uh, we're, we're absolutely still packaging um, buy to lets and HMOs as well. Uh, for us, it's just a, another um, another feather in our cap, as it were. It's another part of our strategy, and um, ultimately, we're we're investors as well, and we are actively investing as we go. And um, 
but you know we we can't only uh, invest and we can't only do lettings it's it's the combination of everything you do which makes it work so well um yeah. and it also um you know i'm a big believer in um um in diversifying for um you, you know for for the de-risking element of it mm. and um i i think i'm pleased now you know obviously with there being a, a little bit of a recession looming, um, that we've taken that approach because we're not overexposed in any one area. I don't think. Yeah, um, I, th- I think I think what you're doing is 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 very, very sensible indeed. Cool. Okay, so look, we're I think we're coming up to sort of 25 minutes or so. Um, so let me. Uh, we're going to do two a couple of final things. Um, so I'm just going to do uh, a couple of rapid fires at you, and and uh, let's just uh, see see how we go with that so uh, a rapid fire number one what, what's your what's your favorite meal favorite meal uh would have to be a um a japanese japanese food japanese so what's that like sushi or something like that you're a sushi kind of no not sushi cooked cooked but uh, japanese uh, food and those kind of um modern uh, eastern cuisine very very oh uh, okay very cool modern. Chester Asian fusion, Chesterfield Asian fusion kind of stuff. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, question number two: What what's your favourite book? If you were to recommend a book to someone, um, what what might that book be? Um, the uh, the most standout book for me has to be uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's the book that made me look at the world completely differently, and nothing mm. before or since has ever quite done that for me. So I think that's the book I'd recommend. Yeah, I mean, that's a great book. Uh, you know, I kick myself every time someone mentions that book because I had that book sitting on my shelf for 12 years before I actually picked it up and read it. I mean, I mean, how ridiculous. But anyway, I've learned my mistake. Cool. Uh, uh, rapid fire question number three. Um, Favourite holiday destination? Oh, um, where do I start? I think the holiday I would most love to go on next would be Bali. I think um, uh, Bali and, uh, you know, the massages and the paddy fields and, and all that stuff, I think that's exactly what I need at the moment. I'm sure lots of people do. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. That, that's why I'm all... Yeah, I think we're all COVID fatigued, don't we? And that that uh, yeah. that massage and uh, health spa sounds really appealing. Cool. Look, Rick, um, if uh, if people are in, Ches- in the Chesterfield area and they're watching this, which we hope they are, and they're looking for a, a, a great letting agent. How, how might people get in contact with you? So uh, it's the um, so the business is Dubdale Lettings. Um, we've got a website which is uh, dubdaleproperty.co.uk, and um, we're on Facebook. Uh, either look me up or uh, look the business up and connect and happy to have a chat. Cool. And and if someone was interested in either doing a JV with you or uh, investing with you or loaning you cash for your projects, how, how would they get in contact with you? So, so the same way. So uh, connect on Facebook, probably the best way. And uh, we can have a chat and, uh, and see if there might be some synergy to what we're doing. Cool. Well, look, we're going to br- uh, wrap it up there. Rick, thank you very much for your time. I know you are a super busy guy, so I really appreciate you taking some uh time out um and if you just want to say goodbye to everyone we'll 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 wrap it up from there super thanks very much see you later everyone
Cool. And uh, thank you for watching. Uh, if you're seeing this on our YouTube channel or listening to us uh, on the podcast, uh, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can get in contact with us via www.thmoexperiencepodcast.co. Uh, sorry, thmoexperience.co.uk. Should know the uh, web address of my own podcast, shouldn't I? Matt's going to kill me, you know that. Uh, you can uh, check us out on Stitcher on uh, Apple. You can contact us via the Facebook page. Uh, we've also got uh, lots of free resources. If you're looking to get into HMOs or if you're experiencing HMOs, there's something there for you. We've also got uh, a book coming out uh, from my colleague, Jamie Medill. So he'll be publishing his book on Monday, the 26th of October. Uh, in the show notes, which is uh, going to be coming out, you can uh, click on the links below and get your copy. Uh, but until next time, it's me, Steve Mitchell from the HMO Experience signing off and we hope you have a wonderful day. Take it easy, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Really appreciate you tuning in. Before you head off, I'd like to ask you to do three things. The first thing is head over to Amazon and buy the HMO Blueprint, which is Jamie's new book that was published on the 26th of October. You can find the link in the show description. The second thing is whatever podcast platform you're listening to right now, make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you get weekly notifications as to when new episodes of the podcast drop. And the third thing is head over to the HMO Experience Property Podcast Facebook page. Make sure you click that like button so that you get notified when we drop bonus content such as the HMO Diaries and the Friday Finance Takeover. That's it. See you next week. 